Hello everyone, I am Lily May and welcome to another episode of the Glambitious Podcast. If you are new to the platform, please visit the Glam... I am Lily May on Instagram and let me know your thoughts about this latest episode. Without further ado, we would love to introduce you to a powerhouse woman boss. So go ahead and introduce yourself and tell everyone about who you are and what you do. So my name is Lamora Pace and I'm a licensed clinical social worker, the relationship revitalizer, and I'm the founder and CEO of the Healing Crest Counseling Services. And it's a counseling practice that's located in Hollywood, Florida where we teach individuals and couples how to build a healthy, loving connection with themselves and one another. I am also the amazing author and creator of Simply Lovable that helps women drown out their inner critic, reclaim their personal power, and cultivate an attitude of self-acceptance. I love it. So tell us a little bit about your journey into this particular field of expertise. So I worked for over 20 years in the field of child welfare with children that are in foster care and adoptions. So we did a great deal of uh, mental health and family counseling with the individuals as well as the parents for reunification or if the goal was for adoption. And I was also the director over our, uh, federally, quali- our federally qualified health clinic And we provided uh, mental health services and substance abuse counseling services to the community. So after years of working in that field and going through my journey up to executive leadership, I realized that my passion was really more so to work with the families and individuals. So you always have that dream to become an executive, but then it doesn't work if you're not passionate about dealing with the politics and the policies. And so I started my private practice five years ago and went full-time in 2020. Wow, I love it. And so, you know, relationships are important in so many different facets of our lives. So what do you feel like, you know, from your work you notice is the biggest challenge that people tend to have in their relationships? Communication, number one. They do not talk. Um, And then it goes further back to childhood experiences and relationship traumas. And so I do a lot of exploring with families to understand the generational patterns when it comes to love and affection, what they've learned about communication growing up, and just really helping them to really understand one another. And the root cause usually is that there's a lack of communication. There's a lack of love and affection being displayed in the home. And so families are working, they're providing. So it's that assumption that love and affection is displayed through finances and being that provider. And then you have those that have unhealthy attachment styles because parents were either emotionally or physically abusive. And that carries over in relationships. And there's a lot of healing work that doesn't take place and it impacts the relationship with their partner. Wow, can you elaborate a little bit on the different types of attachment styles that people have? Because I've recently learned about, you know, I feel like 
I have had the anxious attachment style in the past. And so that's like a new revelation that I learned. So if you want to share a little bit more about attachment styles, if the listeners are not familiar with what that means. So with the attachment styles, it usually, the the primary one is that secure attachment style, of course. And that's where, you know, there's this um, healthy connection between the parent and the child. Then you have that anxious attachment style where as adults, we either um, have inappropriate boundaries. Um, They're often highly sensitive. They're feeling insecure about the relationship. They require a great deal of attention. Um, And sometimes they feel that their partner is not going to be available for them because maybe perhaps the parent wasn't emotionally or physically available for them during that time. Then there's the avoided attachment style. And oftentimes those individuals are usually emotionally distant. Um, They don't really depend on their partner so much because they couldn't depend on the parent or that primary caretaker. And so as a result, they don't rely. They're more like those individuals that are pretty much like independent in a sense where they feel that they're their only source of support. So they're very careful about, you know, asking for for help and so forth. So they avoid the emotional connection as much as possible. Um, Then there's the, uh, they have the disorganized attachment style. And in those relationships, they're usually, there's some aggressive behaviors, um, inconsistencies in the relationship. Uh, They're there's a lack of intimacy because they often feel a lot of confusion uh, within those relationships with with individuals. And there's a great deal of unresolved trauma that often resurfaces in the relationships. And as a result, those are the individuals that may show some signs of aggressive behaviors and they definitely lack empathy. Wow. And so it's so interesting because I know a lot of times when we use the word trauma, People assume that trauma has to be like this super huge, horrific thing that happened to a person. And that's not always the case. Uh, Trauma could be just growing up in a household where your dad was not in the household. And like for me, um, I grew up in a very, you know, spiritual household. My mother and my stepfather were amazing together, happy, married, loving couple my biological father was not in the house but I did get to see him on weekends and even though I did get to see him on weekends and he wasn't in the house there still was a level of trauma that contributed to me having anxious attachments out simply because he was not in my household and so we had a relationship he came to all my pageants all the things but there's still a level of trauma can you talk about you know our misperception or misconception about trauma and what that means So yes, trauma is not definitely about the physical abuse, um, sexual molestation, uh, emotional abuse, like more so egregious emotional abuse. It's not even about that when it comes to that. Trauma definitely very well. Household dysfunction, just, you know, where there may be a lot of arguments and just conflicts. A parent could have been incarcerated definitely on the um the healthier side is a parent working and you know if and it sounds like with you you come from these middle class 
families and myself as well. And my father worked all of the time. And because he worked, he wasn't always available. I remember waking up many mornings and he would be gone and he's already gone to work and he was self-employed and we would be in bed and he would be home when we are in bed. So we rarely saw him. And so that also creates a great deal of, of trauma because he's not available. And so a lot of times my clients automatically say, well, you know, no, I've suffered no trauma. But when I talk to them, they realize that there were some traumatic experiences because although your family may provide for you financially, there was a sacrifice. So something had to be sacrificed. And unfortunately, it was the emotional connection with the children. It was the inability to attend different sports events or um, activities because one parent had to work. And so it was pretty much like single parent, but you have a two parent household. Exactly. Exactly. And I always like to clear that up because I used to think that trauma had to be this, like you said, egregious, horrible, horrific event. And it's not necessarily that. And I did. I actually didn't grow up in middle class home. I grew up in a, a very lower class, like underserved poor community. Right. And I even learned recently. to be done as far as understanding you know that we could have traumas from childhood that we haven't even perceived to be traumas and those things are affecting our relationships our connection with others and our connection to self so i see that the shirt you have on says i love me can you talk a little bit about how self-love you know plays into this dynamic with relationships yes definitely so um this shirt is simply lovable. And so it's a simply lovable product line that I started. And it pretty much came out of me working with uh, my couples. And so I kind of gotten pulled in. So when people talk about the, what's that niche and in the beginning, it's like, I don't know because I serve everybody. You know, that was just my mindset when it came to um, mental health and relationship counseling. But I realized I started doing a great deal of work with um, couples, with infidelity and within those relationships which is trauma by the way and I have to explain to the other partner that this is trauma and so we have to treat it as such so going through that process one of the questions repeatedly that I would ask my clients is what do you need from your partner in order to go through that healing process and many individuals they didn't know. And what I realized is that they don't know because they don't have a connection with themselves. They're still struggling with their own personal self-doubt, their own unresolved traumatic experiences. Maybe they learn how to cope and deal with infidelity because that was something that they've learned in their own family environments. And so it was just really them beginning to start that self-discovery process, understanding the messages that they learned in regards to relationships and themselves um feeling that you although you may be very successful in business or you may have been you know just amazing as far as growing up intellectually but then oftentimes it's like you have to date down because you don't feel that you're adequate enough and so you're settling for relationships that are undeserving 
and people that don't support you and that may not treat you the well the way that you feel that you deserve but then what i realized is that they don't understand what they deserve so simply lovable is just pretty much me over everything and that's where it started so um i have clients starting with um that self-love vow and committing to themselves helping them to understand that it has to start with you in order for your relationships to be successful it starts with you and it's not to say that you're me over everything is you being selfish it's about understanding that in every decision that i make with a partner in a relationship that i also have to consider myself as well wow that is so good and there's so many different questions i want to ask you <laughs> i have like 10 questions lined up i'm like okay well let's stay on track because this is such a good uh conversation you mentioned that you helped uh people process like uh infidelity within a relationship and you know betrayal is the issue with infidelity and people have experienced different types of betrayal in relationships in family connections in business etc so with a betrayal how does a person move forward after a betrayal particularly if it's been a person that is close to them and they feel like there was a betrayal how do they begin to move forward and not resent the person and really let it go and then get back to a healthy place whether it's a parent or a spouse so because it's trauma recognizing that you're going to go through these stages and so because the betrayal resembles a sense of trauma there's going to be these periods where it may be that denial because depending on how close you are with this person it's like i really don't believe this is really happening or this is not this is really not the case and so just think about you know sometimes with situations when things are brought to someone's attention it's like they don't believe it's true but they have in their minds you know initially they're coming off their shock they're surprised can't believe it and then there's this denial process and then there's the anger and people will say why are you so angry and so it often gets dismissed but it's me then in therapy helping them to validate helping them to understand that listen you have a right to be angry sit in that and express how you feel with that anger understanding that also when it comes to that process is the depression because it's immediately with the, with the betrayal it's like get over it get over them um move on and accept it but you can't accept anything until you recognize that process of those emotions that you're going through and unfortunately especially for people of color we have been taught not to express our emotions and so we with we withhold how we feel as opposed to in a in a relationship where you decide to stay but then you still have to communicate to that person how they made you feel you know because what i also find is that a lot of times some of these patterns when it comes to betrayal it's taught and i don't want to go into a whole nother section because this will take us into another area but when you talk about young men and then they start dating early on it's like don't you get caught up with one girl and so what that teaches them is that it's okay that you know you need to have multiple women in your life and not commit to one person so when they're in a relationship that assumably is commit a commitment by the other individual they really don't understand commitment because they were taught not to commit themselves and so now you have to go through that process so then 
many people, like I said, they'll decide to stay. So you have to communicate. I was hurt. I was disappointed. I was angry, you know, and helping to work through those stages and really building that, that trust again, because many of the couples, they don't leave. That's the other thing as well. So they're coming into therapy because they want to work through their, their process and resolve the infidelity and what took place and begin to rebuild a, uh, a an honest, healthy relationship in the end. And do you believe that it's actually possible for that to happen, for a woman to truly, truly get over infidelity? Because I've been under kind of the assumption that we can forgive, but we will never forget, you know, and that it will continue to rear its head in moments or even if only in our mindset. You right. know, I don't I don't think it's something that because that is a trauma. Like, and right. I'm so glad that you said that. Uh, what are your thoughts? So, yes and no. And because it solely depends on the partner. And just as a disclaimer, I have both men and women. So I have some males that are currently dealing with, I have two male clients now currently dealing with infidelity. And so it, it's a lot because it's that repetitiveness flashbacks. And so the triggers, so how you move, you know, where you go, how you use your phone. And so those things become triggers for them. And so now the questioning just repeats itself. And so yes and no, yes they can move forward in a healthy relationship if that partner is committed to helping support to rebuild the trust and commitment in the sense that, okay, they're comfortable with answering the questions over and over because what happens is the hurt partner is looking for consistent responses. If you told me this three weeks ago, I want to know that you're telling me the same thing without any discrepancies in what you've said to me. And so if they're open to doing this a lot of times where it becomes difficult is that they're ready to get over it and move on but they're ready to get over it because there are many individuals that even though they stepped out of the relationship they're not looking to leave their relationship if that makes sense um because they're dealing with again their own personal experiences about commitment and so when now it's being constantly replayed they're now having to deal with their own personal shame, guilt, and embarrassment, and that reminder of, I stepped out. And so they want to forget about it because now they're now having to relive their own experience. So those that are supporting one another in, okay, you want to talk about it, we're going to sit down and talk about it, we're consistent in therapy, if you need to see my phone, you know, um, what do I need to do to build trust? Yes, it, it definitely happens. Um, now, what happens too is for many individuals, it repeats itself and then now it starts again. And that's where it becomes difficult to, to just move past it. So it's like, I'll forget, but then I'm really not forgetting because anything happens that may trigger, I'm going to bring this up again. Right right so interesting so good this dialogue we're having and i have one more like 
semi-clinical question and then we'll get back to the business, your business and how people can work with you. Um, switching gears a little bit, you know, as a woman entrepreneur, you know, typically many of us have a little bit more of the alpha energy because we control and we run a business. So we do have a level of control, right? Because we run business staff, etc. What are your thoughts as far as managing this nature of control or this need to control that can spill over into relationships for women who are alphas or who run businesses but you know that controlling nature might spill over into their relationships like what are your thoughts on that how do we balance that and and temper that desire to control definitely have to separate the two because you don't want to emasculate the man you don't want your your partner and especially, and we're talking about, you know, a really healthy relationship. Um, you want to definitely be careful that he doesn't feel some sense of fear, inferiority. Now, we have no control over how he feels, but we have a responsibility to, to ensure that we are positioning ourselves in such a way that we are not bringing that, that control factor into the relationship asking you know what are your thoughts what do you think about this and so i can even personally say it's like i'm my own decision maker when it comes to you know um like recently i decided to to get another office and so i didn't really need to have a conversation with my husband if i'm going to get another office i'm going to get another office however but coming to him and say you know babe what do you think about this and these are my plans in order to expand. Or, you know, um, talking about maybe a conference and talking about that conference. And although in my mind, it's like, you may really not need to get his approval in a sense, but having that conversation and giving him just the opportunity to provide feedback is what I found is very, very important. Um, because we've actually talked about this a few times in one of my mastermind groups when it comes to entrepreneurship and being in a relationship and just ensuring that you're you're finding out what it is that he wants to do in that in that in your business and bringing him in in such a way where you're not telling him what to do you're identifying his strengths and so building upon those strengths within the business in order for him to feel like he's valued because that's really what it is. Like, do I do I bring value to this business? Do you value me as as your as your spouse or your partner? Because yes, you are this, you know, this powerhouse woman in this industry, but are you allowing me to support you in such a way that we are we are a partnership? You know, and so it's pretty much just like again, it's the communication really identifying what his strengths are having those conversations um intellectual intimacy for me is really big and that's what's going to definitely sustain relationships because you want to be able to engage in such a way that your industry is also something that you all can discuss in the relationship because if you can't you're constantly focusing on on a professional relationship but you're neglecting your romantic partner relationship that makes so much sense so much sense so tell everyone you know what is next for you how they can work with you and connect with you online 
So next for me is really um, getting out right now, doing a lot of um, vending events with Simply Lovable and helping individuals to understand the importance of just decreasing self-doubt, drowning out that inner critic, and just cultivating, again, that attitude of self-acceptance for themselves. And I also plan to do a men's version of Simply Lovable as well, because I, my men definitely, they are looking forward to doing the same work and they are in treatment just as women. May not be at the same degree as women, but they are healing. They're going through their own healing process. So that's something that I plan to do this year as well. And everyone can find me at The Healing Crest. And I am Simply Lovable on both Instagram and also Facebook. Wonderful. And once again, tell us what type of clients you are accepting. Like, are you accepting couples, individuals? What type of clients are you accepting in this season? Individuals and couples. So I work with a great deal of individuals that experience some mild depression, but the depression is primarily due to a great deal of self-doubt not being confident in themselves and the anxiety, you know, um, questioning their ability, worrying about if they're good enough to compete. So I do find myself working with a great deal of entrepreneurs as far as individuals. I definitely love couples, so I do a great deal of work with couples as well. So that's primarily my, uh, my practice is individuals with depression and anxiety and couples. Awesome. Just wanted to clear that up for the listeners so that they know uh, how and why to connect with you. I know a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with the imposter syndrome and the lack of confidence and doubt and anxieties, especially with the, the economical climate. It can definitely put you into a place of anxiety, worry, frustration, doubts, and fears. So definitely entrepreneurs, make sure you connect with her. We had such great conversation. I feel like I could technically probably keep this going for another 30 minutes because I have so many questions. I love this type of talk as it relates to, you know, mental health and relationships, how we think traumas. Like, I just love exploring that dynamic and conversation. So thank you for being willing to kind of go down the rabbit hole thank with me today. You. Thank you for having me. Yes. And did you have any closing thoughts you would want to share with listeners that may be feeling a little anxiety or uncertainty in their business or in their relationships? Any closing thoughts? Um, With relationships, just definitely doing the self-work, you know, just making sure that you're not having these unrealistic expectations for people to change and be who you want them to be. Starting with you, you have to really just learn to understand who you are and what your needs are. It's it's very difficult to really start identifying the character traits in a partner when you're in a relationship. I definitely encourage individuals that are single to really understand who they are and what are some of those character traits that they look for in a lifetime partner. Um, and for entrepreneurs, just really, you know, um, definitely sometimes people tend to think that counseling is just because mental health but a lot of times counseling can also help when it comes to the entrepreneurship world because when it comes to relationships sometimes you overcompensate 
professionally as well. Sometimes you need to learn how to establish healthy boundaries in your in your business. Sometimes you need to learn to say no. You know, sometimes you tend to allow clients to do a little bit too much. And so I often tell people a lot of what you do in one relationship filters over in another relationship, which means personal and professional. So good. Such great closing thoughts. Thank you again for hopping on for a chat with us. This was such a great conversation. I'm sure we'll have a part two in the near future. And for you listeners, make sure that you connect with her. Make sure that you connect with the Glambitious brand. Visit my website, theglamceo.com. We are having an Atlanta conference on August 26th. So if you're a speaker or panelist, a sponsor, you want to participate at some level, I urge you to join us. We're going to have this type of conversation during the conference, not only about entrepreneurship, but about relationships, about mental health, wellness, all of the things we'll be talking about. It's going to be fantastic. So thank you all again for listening to another episode of the Glambitious Podcast.